Right now, you're tuned into This Week in Moab. Um, I'm Molly Marcello again, and today we are welcoming a representative from USARA. That stands for Utah Support Advocates for Recovery Awareness. Uh, USARA has five chapters in five counties across the state, and Moab is host to one of them. And the goal of the nonprofit is to inspire communities to advocate for addiction recovery and uh, we are going to learn more about them from peer recovery coach Lynette Denton and later in the program around 5 30 ish we'll be welcoming Liz Donkersloot who's representing the Grand County Local Homeless Council Uh, she'll be on to tell us about a new project called Safe Outdoor Living that's coming up later but first Lynette, hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thank you so much for being here uh, with me. Um, it's been a very long time since we've had USARA representatives up on our program, so I'm really excited to learn more about the nonprofit and have you here with us. Can you can you tell us first of all, you know, what USARA does? Um, so USARA is um, it is a recovery led organization which just means that everybody that works there are people who are in long-term recovery themselves and um, we like to support people and advocate and stand with um, people who are going through their own journeys kind of as like um, the hope piece Mm. um, that recovery is possible and that it is sustainable yeah. Um, so the peer peer um, recovery coach part, that's your official title. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a certified peer recovery coach, okay. which um, that is they just they train us to use our story as the hope piece and to help people get through their get through their journeys. How long have you been in your position? Um, I've been in my position since 2017 um, after I graduated drug court, the drug court program for the second mm-hmm. time. Um, an opportunity came up for me to um, get my certificate as a certified peer support specialist. Um, There's actually a lot of opportunities for more people to start getting those in Mm -hmm. our area soon. And um, anyway, so it it came up and I knew like um, without a doubt that I wanted to use my story um, to help others. And so I went for it and I got hired on um, June of 2017. Oh, wow. Congratulations. You know, I have all these questions that I want to ask you, but I, you know, what is the certification process? Um, so the certification process is, um, so you can go through the Utah's, uh, university. Okay. And there's an application that you fill out. Mm -hmm. Um, they want to have you, like, you have to, um, just tell a little bit about your story. The requirements are, um, a year of sustained recovery, you have to um, talk about like what you do to be able to maintain mm-hmm. your recovery, how, um, like the things that you've overcome and the resources that you use to get there. Okay. And then um, one of the requirements is just to like have a, um, like a therapist or a counselor or social worker or somebody kind of write a letter talking about where you're at in mm-hmm. your um in your recovery and um yeah and then you just send in the application and they accept you or they don't accept you as a good candidate and um and then there's um um, like practicum hours and stuff like that and other benefits that come um with that and it's changing now since from the time i did it to now it's a little bit differently and so i'm learning more about it 
So yes, more information on that to come, but okay. some really exciting stuff. The next Moab um, peer support specialist um, training is going to take place in April. Oh, nice. Okay. So yeah. there is more opportunity for those, yeah. for that program. And it, and then what it is, is just hopes that we, we take those, um, like we take this training and we use that hope piece and we try mm-hmm. to, um, maybe build jobs from that, like yeah. create them You're if right. we have to. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before um, you came into the studio, but I was saying that I think, you know, addiction and substance use issues affects all of our lives, I think, in some way. Um, can you paint us a picture of what addiction looks like in our community? Um, is there any way to, you know, quantify how many of us are struggling with it or how many of us, you know, might have friends or family members? Um, well, I don't have specific numbers, um, but I can tell you that um, that substance um, use is definitely a thing in Moab. Um, me, as a person who struggled with substance use myself most of my life and being a long-term resident of Moab, um, I've seen kind of the dark sides of what addiction can be. Um, since, like, being out of the addiction myself, but still working with people who struggle, um, I have noticed a shift, like, um, of what kinds of substances that we're really struggling with. Sure. And currently, um, I'm seeing more fentanyl than I ever have, um, even amongst our young, our, our, like, our teenagers and stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's been a little different. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I'm definitely, there's a lot of people who are really struggling Mm -hmm. currently in our community. So the need is really there for support services like USARA. Most definitely. I'm guessing you could have multiple coaches. (laughs) Not just, (laughs) because it's it's you and another part-time coach, right? It is. It's Heidi Fuger and myself. Uh We're the only two coaches here. Um, She came on about a year ago and now she's a, She's another full-time employee, so there's two of us. Okay. And we also just opened our own recovery center, the Recovery Community Center. Um, And so um, we're going to be bringing in more resources um, and adding more groups and availability for, like, um, things for for the community that weren't already in place before. Wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit about those research. Like, what are some future programs that the community can look forward to? Ooh, well, I'm super excited. So um, we're going to be adding a lot of um, support groups, like self-help support groups, um, a couple, um, another 12-step um, group out in the community is going to um, join forces with us. And okay. so we'll have some of those meetings available. Um, we're going to go ahead and, um, well, we do our coffee and recovery, um, Mm -hmm. three times a week is what it will be starting in December. Currently we offer that two times a week. Okay. Um, and then we're adding, um, a medically assisted recovery support group, um, another two times a week as well, starting in December. Those will start. And for people who may not know, what is medically assisted recovery? So though the medically assisted recovery is people who use medications to mm-hmm. help them sustain their recovery. Sure. Um, such as like Suboxone and um, and other medications that just help them live a 
a happy and productive life. If you're just tuning in, um, we're here with Lynette Denton, um, peer recovery coach from USARA, um, the Moab chapter. Thank you, Lynette, for being here and uh, letting me pepper you with questions. When it comes to addiction recovery and addiction in general, you know, there is a fair amount of stigma still with addiction. And I know there is different types of stigma, like there's self-stigma, you know, and there's also like public stigma, like negative attitudes and fears about substance use disorders could isolate people with addiction, which is, is pretty dangerous. You know, can you can you talk a little bit about stigma and its effects? Yes, absolutely. So um, people, when they feel stigmatized, they absolutely will not, they're not able to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also creates like extra mental health um, um, issues when they're not able to like reach out or feel safe. Um, being such a rural area, there is a lot of stigma in our community. Um, the best thing to try to remember is like education, educate, educate, mm-hmm. um, but also person first language. Like we are not our addiction. Mm-hmm. We may struggle with substance use, right? But mm-hmm. we are not, it doesn't define us. We are somebody's mother, daughter, sister, brother, uncle, aunt, mm-hmm. and so on. And so um, person-first language, person you know, is, language. Um, is definitely where I go first with that, making, uh, meeting people where they're at mm-hmm. and making it a really safe place for them to come and feel supported and ask for help mm-hmm. is definitely um, USARA's priority mm-hmm. and um, something that I would really like to um, educate more in our community. Mm-hmm. How can someone, you know, who um, wants to make their community safer um, when it comes to addiction, um, how can someone in, in our community help destigmatize who um, might know someone with substance use disorder or even not, you know, just wants to be a good neighbor in person. How can we help destigmatize addiction in our community? Um, I would say um, definitely um, learn more about addiction and maybe learn to understand how the person um, came to their mm-hmm. struggles or like, like um, you know, there's many different reasons that people um, fall into addiction, just kind of learn more about it, Mm -hmm. take the time to ask them questions, Um, never assume, and, um, you know, patience, um, patience while doing so. Yeah. I know USARA has a lot of um, resources on their website, which is, remind me, myusara.com. Dot, .com, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of, like, great online resources there um, for people to check out. Um, you know, how do people usually get connected with your services? Um, well, you can, so you can go on to that, um, myusara.com. Mm-hmm. You can, um, we have a, in Moab, we have a, a USARA Moab Facebook page Mm -hmm. that Heidi and I are always on and you can outreach us there Um, or our phone numbers are posted Mm -hmm. a lot of different places Um, we try to keep um, our cards in many of the partnering resource offices Mm -hmm. 
and we are, we're constantly just kind of putting our names out there. Mm -hmm. um, I can give you our phone number. Please do, yeah. Okay, so you can reach me, uh, Lynette Denton, at 435-210-0952, or Heidi Fuger at 435-241-8076. Um, and again, our new office is located at 23 South 100 West. Um, anytime uh, we're open, that business is the business hours are 9 to 5:30, but then it's also open some evenings for some of those recovery meetings. Mm -hmm. And we'll be posting our new schedule um, this week. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And so we'll kind of spread that and make sure all the resources get that information as well. And you two are available. You're fielding questions. You're getting, you know, you're mentoring people. You know, what what are you occupied with throughout your day? Um, so it will be running groups, of course, and mm -hmm. some um, support meetings. But also we do one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, meeting the person mm -hmm. where they're at, depending on um, what they're going through. Some of the things that Heidi and I focus on the most is um, – helping build um, the individual's recovery capital. Mm. You know, um, a lot of the times when people come to us, you know, um, they're unsheltered or, or hung, you know, just kind of assessing where they're at mm. and, um, and then getting their basic needs met so that we are able to even address um, addiction. Wow. And then, um, you know, if there's like, we work with a lot of people who have, um, you know, drug court is one of our um, primary focus mm -hmm. um, and like supporting them through that. Or um, if a person is like in DCFS and mm -hmm. has court or, you know, we support in all kinds of different areas, mm -hmm. but really helping build the recovery capital so that they can fo focus on addiction. I mean, the recovery but also, um, mm -hmm. um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, <laughs> but also, oh, building up their social supports and mm -hmm. making sure that their circles become safe and they're able to even identify what safety means mm -hmm. and, and how to get um, more supportive people in their lives mm -hmm. and Would resources. That support, you think, is, is that integral to recovery, social support? It really is. Safe social support, um, especially when you're from a small town, it's so easy to stick with the people that you've been with and you're connected to mm -hmm. some of us for our entire lives, you know, and so it's really hard to sometimes break away from that. So learning how to set boundaries and learning how to put more um, safe people and more supportive people into your life and adding sober social events to the community so that they don't feel so lonely and they have other places to go. Mm -hmm. um, that's really been helpful yeah. for the community. You also mentioned that you work with people sometimes who um, are unsheltered, you know, and need a basic need met. So are you also, you know, working with different organizations to find shelter, find <laughs> housing? Like, is that part of your, yeah. So um, that's probably one of the hardest areas that yeah. I think that multiple agencies would um, also say. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we just kind of a, a few different agencies meet together and, um, you know, we just kind of see what we can do. A lot of the time it's even just filling out the application, going mm -hmm. through the wait process. A lot of the times with the population we serve, it's 
appeals mm -hmm. after denials and um, just trying to support them while they go through the grueling process. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's, you know, it's a long time before we get that specific need met. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how many resources there are out there. That's oh. just a big problem in Moab. A lot of challenges, um, but you guys are providing a crucial service, crucial support service here. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to also ask you, you know, about prevention, overdose prevention, um, to kind of switch switch topics a little bit. You know that overdose is it's a really big problem. The CDC reported over 90,000 overdose deaths in 2020. Um, many states, including Utah, are reporting increases in overdose deaths during the pandemic. I know they have tragically affected our community um, quite recently as well. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about prevention when it comes to overdoses, how we as a community can help with prevention? Absolutely. Um, I think that number one is not being afraid to ask your loved one um, about safety of mm. their use, not necessarily like pleading or trying to get them to stop, but just meeting them where they're at and trying to get know more about it. Mm -hmm. um, USARA, like we do have a couple of um, harm reduction tactics. Um, we do offer Narcan for free, which is a nasal spray overdose um, overdose um, medication. Mm -hmm. Once given, if the person is overdosing, it uh, typically brings them out of it, sometimes takes a couple of doses. We often do um, education on Narcan, and we do have it available for free for those who um, need it, I recommend, you never know um, when it's gonna come in handy. And so I, I recommend everybody has yeah. it on them and learns how to use it. Um, also, we offer fentanyl test strips, which is something that will test um, the drug okay. and it will let you know if it is positive for fentanyl. If it is positive for fentanyl, we just really urge that you never use alone. Mm and you have a Narcan available and just, you know, mm -hmm. be prepared for anything. As we know, fentanyl, it doesn't take much. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, it is coming up in multiple different substances. I've tested many different things for people and um, it's almost, I mean, it's just everywhere mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. And so, um, and amongst our, our youth, it's, it's just everywhere. So being prepared and educated mm -hmm. is the best prevention. Mm -hmm. So fentanyl test strips is really interesting. So fentanyl, of course, is a synthetic opioid, and it doesn't take much, like you said. I think um, I read that it's two milligrams is what's considered a deadly dose, which is like nothing, you know. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing it on the rise in our community. I am definitely seeing it on the rise in our community. Okay. Well, good to know that um, USARA is a resource to get those fentanyl test strips and also get Narcan. I have it <laughs> for our radio audience. I have um, a box of Narcan right here. Um, and you said um, USARA could train people on how to use it? Yeah, we do education okay. um, and can walk you through the process. And this is small enough where you could keep it in your backpack, you could keep it in a purse, or just have it in your car, or, you know, everyone could have one of these boxes. All of the above. Yeah, I mean, I think overdose is, um, 
you know, really stigmatized with um, drug addiction, but also right. a lot of the time it could be um, someone's grandma who uh-huh. accidentally yeah. took her medication twice. You just mm-hmm. never know mm-hmm. when or where right. you can find somebody mm-hmm. that's overdosed. Lynette Denton is here from USARA, that's Utah Support Advocates for Recovery Awareness. Um, is there anything else that you feel like you want to mention about USARA, your programming, what's ahead for you? Yeah, um, you know, I just want to really say that sometimes the holidays can be a tough time sure. for people. And if anybody is like suffering or struggling alone, like reach out. Mm-hmm. Let us, um, you know, let us help support you. We offer services to family members that okay. are sometimes feeling lost and don't know what to do with their loved ones. Um, mm-hmm. There's support for you, too. Um, we understand where you're at, and you're just never alone. And um, please reach out if you feel the need, if you feel you need to and you're in trouble. You don't have to do this alone. Do you mind um, sharing your contact information one more time for our listeners? Yeah, again, our office is located at 23 South, 100 West. Um, My name is Lynette Denton, and my phone number is 435-210-0952. Or Heidi Fuger, her phone number is 435-241-8076. Also, you can reach us on Facebook Messenger, or anytime on our USARA Facebook page um, under USARA Moab. Lynette, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you want more information about um, USARA, like she just mentioned, um, Facebook page, website, phone number, they're all out there, um, all resources um, for our community. Um, I'm Molly Marcello, News and Public Affairs Director here at KZMU, and this is This Week in Moab. Thank you so much to Lynette Denton from USARA for telling us more about recovery awareness and overdose prevention in our community. Um, again, you can find resources on all that at myusara.com. We're right now going to uh, kind of take a similar tack with Liz Donkersloop, who's here representing the Grand County Local Homeless Council um, to tell us about a new project. Um, we're going to get into it. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Liz, for being here. So you're representing, like I said, the Grand County Homeless Coalition. Can you tell us a little bit more about this body and the people who make up the coalition and and all of that? Absolutely. So we just changed the name. So it's the Grand County Local Homeless Council. Oh, thank you. LHC. No, it's okay. (laughs) Okay, let me me write this down. LHC. Okay. Um, And the, the Grand County Local Homeless Council is I just counted there are currently 19 different agencies um, and that includes nonprofits as well as a couple government agencies Um, we have representation from the county as well as the city Mm -hmm. um, as well as a couple just kind of interested community members who take part and we meet every month okay and just kind of address homelessness issues in our area and see what that looks like and and how we can work together to wow. solve it and help out those people in need. Wow. Okay. And you, you know, you're um, 
job job is <laughs> you are part of this uh, council. Thank you for uh, telling me about <laughs> the new name. You're part of the Green County Homeless, Local Homeless Council? Yeah, Local okay, Homeless Council. Okay, I'm literally writing it down as we speak. <laughs> um, but your job job is uh, with the multi Moa Valley Multicultural Center. Can you tell us what you do there? Yeah, so I am the Housing Resource Coordinator over at the Multicultural Center. And that looks like working with individuals who are literally homeless as well as those who are at risk of homelessness. Okay. And what puts, what's put someone at risk of homelessness? Oh, there are quite a few different things that could, could put someone at risk. So okay. saying at risk of homelessness means that your homelessness is imminent within 30 days. Mm. And that can look like um, the loss of a job or the loss of a spouse, which then is another loss of an income. Mm-hmm. So you're just not able to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Um, that could look like you're renting and your house is going to be sold by the landlord. Um, that could look like... COVID. Right. Luckily, luckily, there's been a lot of um, help for, for individuals with COVID, so we're seeing less of that, but it's definitely put people in a place where, where they're not able to pay rent um, and aren't sure that they'll be able to keep their housing. Okay. And a lot of people um, are turning now to the Multicultural Center for these resources, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> We've yeah. been really busy. You've been really busy. And you've, I mean, there's a lot of, not a lot of people on staff, but there are um, definitely um, notable amount of staff members at the MVMC to help with all of the various um, things that you guys do. You guys do everything in our community. A, a little <laughs> bit of everything. That yeah. is true. Um, and it's, it's really unique because there are seven of us currently, um, five of which are bilingual. Mm -hmm. Um, So language should not be a barrier for anyone coming for services. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone can kind of do a little bit of everything. (laughs) So if I'm not there, you're still going to get help Mm -hmm. um, with your housing or homelessness needs. Sure. Now let's talk a little bit about um, what is homelessness in Grand County. I remember um, being with you and Sarah Melnikoff from Moab Solutions during the point in time count and asking, you know, what is homelessness? And uh, the reason I, I, I did that, because it seems simple, but it's a little bit more complicated in, in Grand County because, um, you know, people can often be, you know, maybe living in their cars or mm-hmm. living um, on a friend's couch or maybe in a storage unit. So so tell us, what is the, can you paint us a picture of what homelessness <laughs> looks like here? Sure. Um, so homelessness in general is very complex and it is very real in Grand County. Okay. I think a lot of the time um, it, it often in rural areas gets overlooked or undercounted or underreported because it's, it's not as in your face as it might be in an urban area or in a bigger city. Okay. So last month alone um, we, we do some data collection every month at our meetings. We had about 111 individuals partaking in housing and homelessness services mm. in Grand County. 111? 111. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say 11 of those were children. Okay. And that's very different than, you know, your numbers <laughs> from the point in time count, right? It is, yeah. So the point in time count takes place every January. Um, and it's just looking at people who are literally homeless that right. one night out of the year. Okay. So this 111 includes people who are at risk of homelessness. Okay. Um, but I can say, I have it here, 75 of those individuals were literally homeless mm-hmm. and 36 were at risk. So there are quite a few people out there right now living in their cars, um, living on their friends' floors, living in storage units, 
living in a in a tent, camping out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. and there is also a blurred line um, as far as van life and living right. out of your car. Right. That's a question I get a lot. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely a difference between those who who chose that life um, and kind of glamorize it, and those that. Um, don't have a choice and are are living in their car with their children because they have no other options at this time. Right. It comes down to to choice. Yeah. Exactly. Um, You know, you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, the pressures, um, some pressures that could put people at risk of homelessness. Um, You know, where does the term housing insecurity fit into that as well? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think think we all know that housing in Moab is... um, one, not always available, and two, not always affordable. Mm-hmm. So people who are housing insecure, um, a, lot of, a lot of people we see, honestly, they have the money, mm-hmm. they have a job or even two or three jobs, and, and they can pay. They just can't find someone to accept their payments sure. um, and give them that place to live. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, and that's different, of course, than, like, um, you know, someone who might – be at risk of homelessness, you know, maybe the person who's housing insecure can have, has the ability to move to another town or mm-hmm. get another job elsewhere or have resources, things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that it's easy to tell someone just, you know, if you're not happy, you can't find a house, go live somewhere else. And, and mm-hmm. it's not that simple mm-hmm. um, because people do have jobs and their kids are enrolled in schools sure. here. They have families. Um, I think there's a lot of layers that that people don't always get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in addition to um, the various challenges for people who don't currently have housing, who are considered homeless, um, they face a lot of challenges. A, you know, the barrier of being housed. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, some stigma around homelessness. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are, there are two main identifiers if we break it down with homelessness. Okay. So there's situationally homeless and there's chronic homelessness. Mm-hmm. And not everyone, but often when we think of, you know, the stereotypical homeless individual, that stigma is chronic individuals. Okay. Um, people that might have substance use disorder, people who have been out for a long time or are begging or, mm. you know, I think individuals often get this, this very unfair label of, of being scary or dirty, and that's, mm-hmm. that's really not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, chronically homeless individuals, that means that you've been homeless for at least a year okay. or um, up to a year okay. over three years, okay. so different chunks over time. Okay. And situationally homeless are individuals who have maybe never been homeless before. These mm-hmm. are the people who just lost their job or had a death in the family or an illness and can no longer pay their rent. Mm. And what we are seeing with our data collection is that 90% of homeless individuals in Grand County are situational. Wow. 90%. So these aren't, these aren't the people that you typically mm-hmm. think of when you think of homeless, um, homeless individuals. These are the families, the moms mm-hmm. with their kids. Um, mm-hmm. Just right. kind of everyday people. Wow. So 10% you're seeing are chronically homeless here in Grand County. Yep. 
90% are situationally homeless in Grand County. Um, I feel like this data is really important for um, our local organizations to understand where to put resources. I agree. <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely. I think from our data collection, this is this is the number that really, really gets me. And um, uh -huh. I think this is the one that, that people really need to understand. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. when, we, when we meet monthly, we ask the organizations who work directly with homeless individuals to bring their data. Okay. And so what we ask is we look at how many people you had total that were literally homeless, mm -hmm. how many were at risk of homelessness, and then within those two categories, how many people were experiencing substance use disorder, how many identified as having a mental health condition, and how many have experienced domestic violence in the past year. Mm. So those are kind of the three main barriers that we often see okay. um, causing homelessness or causing potential homelessness. So you know, okay, well, this is where we need to spend our time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been a big goal of our um, LHC is just collecting this data and seeing where we need to advocate for mm -hmm. funding to go in the future. That's like where, where to actually stop homelessness at its root <laughs> causes, right? Exactly, yeah. There are, of course, you know, immediate pressing needs too, like mm -hmm. short-term emergency needs. Um, I know the Multicultural Center, you know, and all these other organizations that make up um, the Grand County Local Homeless <laughs> Council, newly named, um, yes. you know, are, are addressing these root causes or trying to address these root causes. Um, but then there's just like immediate needs. Um, so can you tell us about this new project, Project Soul? Yes, I'm so excited about this. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Project Soul, which stands for Safe Outdoor Living. Okay. This was an idea um, that was brought to the council earlier this year by Katie Meinhart. Okay. She was a VISTA at the Multicultural Center and now is working over at the Housing Authority. And she, she thought, you know, what if we had an ongoing stock of supplies that individuals would need when they're homeless? Mm. And we, we all thought this was a really interesting idea. Um, but we kind of were hitting walls when thinking of where this could be housed okay. physically. Mm -hmm. um, so it was on the back burner for quite a few months until very recently. Um, we were talking and the idea of the library came up and we thought that it just made so much sense sure. because this is a place where a lot of homeless individuals go anyway because mm -hmm. it has extended hours. Mm -hmm. It's open a lot longer than most of our nonprofits are. Mm -hmm. It's also very welcoming. It's a place where these people already feel safe mm -hmm. and know that they can go to get out of the heat, out of the cold, mm -hmm. um, and just right. to use the resources of the library. Mm -hmm. So we reached out, and we were really grateful. Um, Carrie at the, at the library was super on board right away. So it is going to be housed at the library physically. Great. Um, we ordered a shed. <laughs> it's coming next <laughs> week. It'll be installed, and that will kind of be like home base. Um, but what this is going to look like is this soul shed is going to be full of items that someone could use to live outdoors safely. So this looks like sleeping bags, sleeping pads, tents, uh, cook stoves, whether that's kind of a backpacking single mm -hmm. burner or a double double mm -hmm. burner. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so all these items are going to be in there, and they're going to be made available to individuals by a voucher system. 
Okay. So organizations that work directly with homeless individuals will be able to give out these vouchers, and they'll be able to bring them to the library and exchange them for these vital um, necessities. Wow. Um, I mean, this makes so much sense. (laughs) This makes so much sense. I mean, I think that, you know, you and other representatives who work with local homeless have been talking about, like, we need, um, I mean, I think that's probably a conversation that's still on the table. I'm talking about, like, a homeless shelter, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a a transitionary housing, you know, things like this. But this is like, it seems like a stopgap measure. You know, or it seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, so it's it's obviously not a cure to right. homelessness, but it's it's realizing that this is people's realities, and if you're gonna be living outside, we want to make sure that you're able to do so in a way that is safe mm-hmm. and as comfortable as possible. And Soul, if uh, I didn't mention it already, stands for Safe Outdoor Living. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that there are, you know, sleeping pads, um, camp stoves, you know, perhaps tents. Um, are you looking for donations? Yes, we are. <laughs> so tell us about that. Sure. So we wanted to um, kind of take advantage of this holiday season. We've got a wish list online. Um it's on dream list and, and maybe we can link yeah, something to that. Sure. But it's basically like a wedding registry. I think we've all kind of done that at this point, an online registry. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all the items that we're looking for on this website. You can click on them. Um, the pictures are just examples. We're not looking for any specific brands or okay. colors or types of things. Um, but you can go on and claim these items and say that you're going to donate them. And then we really encourage people to go out locally and support Moab businesses. Um, but if that's not possible, if we understand, you can order online um, or next time you're in Junction. Sure. <laughs> go pick something up. <laughs> and everything can be either dropped off or shipped directly to the Multicultural Center. Okay. So the Multicultural Center is going to kind of serve as a collection point, and then it ev- eventually the shed will be at the library. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So we're just waiting for that to get installed, and that should be sometime next week, we're hoping. Okay. So this is, you know, this is a great opportunity, I think, for people to be, be able to do something if they have the means this holiday season mm-hmm. um you know i looked on the dream list it, it looks like each item that you have listed you, you're looking for about eight of them or is yeah. there like <laughs> is there you know a limit to how many or you um know? you know we'll we'll take if we get more than what we ask for that's amazing mm-hmm. um we did that was kind of just a, a random guess right um because we're hoping during the winter months this won't be utilized as often sure. uh, because hotels are more readily available and affordable, mm-hmm. um, and there are some funding for that um, mm-hmm. between the different organizations in town. Hotels being like, this person needs needs a place to stay tonight? Yeah, is that, okay. exactly. So there, because there isn't a shelter in town um, for homeless individuals specifically, mm-hmm. we really rely on hotels and motels. And we do have mm-hmm. some really awesome lodging partners who are willing to work with us and give us discounts to make sure these people are safe and out of the out of the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, especially right now in the winter, um, there's a lot of concern about people who are living outside. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that you have a pulse on, like, the people who are out there. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, there might be new people coming in every once, you know, so often, Absolutely. too. Um, anything else to mention about Project Soul, where people can find that list? You said it was on Dream List. Can people find it through the Multicultural Center? As yes, well? absolutely. So we've been posting it on our social media. Um, also, 
other organizations involved with the local homeless council have been posting it. You can find it on USARA's site, okay. as well as some of our other partners. Um, and I just, I think just the power behind yeah. this project right now is just the amazing community collaboration that we've been seeing. Yeah. So it was, you know, the idea was kind of created by the LHC, but we're also partnering with the library. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 Women Who Care of Moab actually funded it. Wow. So we were able to bring our idea to them, and they are going to be giving the check that will cover the shed itself, as well wow. as shelving and any items that aren't purchased through the Giving Tree. Right. Um, and then also, this past weekend, over 40 individuals participated in Cranksgiving, which is a really fun bike race. Um, and they, they collected food at different places while riding their bikes, dropped them off at the Multicultural Center today, um, and they gave us some food, but they also looked at some of the items on our wish list. So nice. we got some sleeping pads uh-huh. and some sleeping bags and a bunch of propane and can openers today so that's really amazing um it's it's just been really cool to see the community coming together on this and and we really want it to feel like a community resource nice by the community for the community wow and again you know all these partner organizations who work with um people who don't have homes um they can provide them a voucher to get (laughs) Um, these materials. Yeah, exactly. And um, not yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Not, not, <laughs> but not today. Not but, today. But maybe next week. But coming soon. Yeah. Um, we'll probably really get it kicked off um, uh, in January. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, and I, I do want to know, you, you you have this wish wish list. You, you described it like a, a wedding re- registry <laughs> yes. because, you know, you can go in and decide, okay, I'm going to buy, um, you know, sleeping pads, for example. But can people make donations directly to this project? Absolutely. So we do not, as a council, we don't really have a bank account. Okay. But if you wanted to make... Um, a donation we can do either do that online or by cash or check um, you could write it to the multicultural center and specifically say you want this to go towards project soul okay. and we'll make sure that those funds are directed only for this project okay and th- that can look like um, these donations will, will be used for emergency shelter for individuals, mm-hmm. especially during the winter. So paying for hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, funds can also go towards city market cards. If you mm-hmm. want to donate city market cards, that's always really helpful as well um, mm-hmm. for people with special dietary needs or just specific items that organizations might not have on hand, like mm-hmm. diapers or formula or denture cream. <laughs> right, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you said that this idea for the project, you know, initially came from Katie Meinhardt, who was a VISTA, um, sort of both at the county rate and the Multicultural Center and now is at the Housing Authority. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I'm curious if there are other, if there are other models like this in our region or around the, the country. Do you know? Um, you know what? I'm, not that I have found. Okay. And I was able to bring this up on one of my state meetings. Okay. I represent Grand County on the state level mm-hmm. um, with housing resources. And everyone was really excited. Really? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Um, 
and and maybe we'll be seeing more of these types of projects popping up. Okay, great. Well, Liz Donkersloot, um, thank you for being on here and representing uh, the Grand County Local Homeless Council and the Moab Valley Multicultural Center and this new project called <laughs> Safe Outdoor Living. Um, Liz, is there anything else that you feel like you want to get across right now to our listeners about this project or about homelessness in general in our community? Um, I think I just, I want people to be aware and be aware that this is something that is very real, even if you're not seeing it day to day. Um, and just, just to be kind to each other, you know, there's, there's really no reason to have that stigma. Um, these are people who are just trying to live life like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and if you'd like to donate to Project Soul, <laughs> go yeah. online to find our wish list. Or if you need some help with that, give me a call at the Multicultural Center. Do you know the phone number off the top of your head? I do. It okay. is 435-259-5444. Now, Liz, I'm sure you've learned a lot through your position. Any, any lessons you've learned about um, housing insecurity, homelessness in general? Um, being in your position and, and observing and also direct action with our community members. I know that's kind of you know, <laughs> a lot to spring on you those last couple of minutes. Um, I've been kind of going off what I was just saying is just never to assume anything. Yeah. I think people really surprise you. Um, and if you go into a conversation or a meeting expecting one thing and having your mind, you know, you think you know you're going to uh-huh. know the outcome before you start. Um, right. I never do. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised every day and I'm learning every day. And um, it's really been a pleasure to get to serve the Moab community. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for educating me during this week in Moab. Um, you you brought some really interesting data about homelessness. And if people want to um, listen to this program again, you can find it at kzmu.org. Um, we'll be putting it on our website a little bit later this week. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thank you.